We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. And drops back, throws an arching pass upfield. Reggie Town Fields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. There's a whole burst to it. 20. Right steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still to feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio, our preview edition. We got, oh my gosh, I am stoked for today's guests. We got two great guests to preview this game with us. The Arizona Cardinals are on the way to, well, I think, put out a show on Sunday. One way or the other, I'm looking forward to this game. Looking forward to see what the Rams do to come back off that big loss to the 49ers and I got to tell you, we break it down. We absolutely break it down in today's episode. Before we get there, folks, I do want to ask you to head over to Apple Music. Leave a five-star review if you could. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. It means 
people get notice of our podcast. If you subscribe, it helps the charts as well. Do those two things, please. You can also find us anywhere else podcasts are found. It really uh, means a lot to us, and your support over the years has been outstanding. Also, and don't forget RamsTalk.net and Buddy Heads. Buddy Heads is on our feed as well. Steve and Johnny, they, they definitely have their own point of view, and uh, they, they put on a good show. So, today, I got Bo Brack from Locked On Cards. He, his perspective is always one of the better ones. I really enjoy call, you know, talking with him about football in general, talking about the uh, what what they bring to the table, the Cardinals do. And then later on, Ed Smith, former NFL player, a part of the NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons, played for the Eagles, covers the Cardinals for the Believe Network, motivational speaker, great guy. Just really enjoyed just talking about some of the parallels between these two franchises. He's coming up later on. All right. I want to talk really quick some news. Ja'Kai Polite gets released on Thursday. That one was a that one's a tough one for me. I think he finally kind of figured it out a little bit, and just the way things are going with the Rams roster now, they had to let him go. I, hope, I wonder if he'll be picked up. If not, I'm sure we'll see him back in the practice squad. Uh, that's because Okarakwo will be up and going. That'll be a big one. He'll, that's that. Something they said. Quote: This is his week. We're about to find out what he does. Finally, seeing Okoronko was a significant time. <sighs> That's the big news, man. Now, man, that's the big news. Uh, there were some, there was some COVID stuff this week with the league shutting down these spaces for a day or so. And you know, here's hoping everything is fine come Sunday. All right, so let's talk with Bo Brack over, over at Locked On Cards. All right, so let's talk with Bo Brack over at Locked On Cards. Here we go. All right, folks, I'm here with Bo Brack with the Locked on AZ Cards, Locked on Cards podcast, Locked on NFL for Fridays. He's been on the show before. He's always given us a really great perspective on the Cardinals. We're glad to have him back. Bo, how you doing, man? Doing great. I'm ready to break down this matchup. It's going to be a huge showdown between these two teams trying to keep pace with the Seahawks and the NFC West. Yeah, and it's a bit interesting to watch the Seahawks, too, because I'm wondering how the heck they got such an easy schedule <laughs> for, for going down the stretch for them uh, being finishing ahead of both the Seahawks and the sorry the Cardinals and the Rams last year. Frustrating on my end, I gotta be honest on that one. But the Cardinals here this year, they've been, uh, shall I say, fascinating. They have been great to watch in some cases. In some cases, they've been disappointing. And I'm, I, I chalk it up to being a young team that's still kind of coming together. You have a young coach, you're still figuring some things out. But the talent is definitely there at least to make a playoff run, to be more than playoffs, I'm not sure yet. Where do you see this Cardinals team right now? I think you kind of nailed it. It's, it's been a consistently inconsistent uh, just performance from this team. You're right. There is the, on, the, on, on paper, this roster is about as talented as they come, especially within this division. And that's saying a lot. I mean, the NFC West is just, it's about as tight as it gets. And uh, Kyler Murray... Number one overall pick, obviously not your traditional size quarterback, but all the talent is there. The arm ability, the, the strength, and the ability to make most of the throws, and of course the athleticism, the speed, uh, really getting it done on the ground. And then you enter in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, your head coach, seemingly kind of finding his place here at the NFL level where a lot of people had questions at this time last year. You know, can he do it? He had had three losing seasons in a row, including two in the Big 12 with Texas Tech. So, there, there's still a ton of question marks. 
This is still a team that is taking its lumps, it's learning, it's developing, and that comes with the territory, unfortunately. I mean, we do sometimes you see teams make these big jumps from sub-500 to contender, and the progression is in linear, but in this case, it seems to be. It's like be, it's getting in the gym, and you're just seeing uh, the weight go up. You're going from 25 to 30, and it's, and it's a slow incremental build. Where, you know, it, it isn't like what we've seen where teams go from sub-500 to 11 wins. And the Cardinals, they're certainly taking their lumps. And they can compete with anybody. You know, they can beat the Seahawks. They can beat the Buffalo Bills on a miraculous Hale Murray at the end of the game. Uh, and, and they've played tight. The only game that they haven't been in is on the road at Carolina, which is shocking. But th- that's the only game where it was pretty much in hand by the fourth quarter. Well, I'm wondering about this. You know, they start the season off by being the 49ers, and we know yep. the Rams have lost them twice already this year. The 49ers just don't match up well with them. They beat the, the Washington football team, still getting used to saying that. But the consecutive losses to Detroit, to Carolina, the Miami loss, trust me, we understand that one. Losing to Seattle, we understand a little bit here. I mean, we beat them, but they're a better matchup for the Rams. New England, I don't even know what to say about New England. So when you're, when you're trying to put together where this team is going, I'm trying to kind of have a vision of how they match up with the Rams when they are on different spectrums. The Jets game was while well, they're playing the Jets. The Cowboys are down. But 38-10 over the Cowboys is pretty impressive in my view. How do you evaluate them overall? Yeah, it's tough because there there are weeks where Kyler Murray has to be absolutely special for them to win. Now, that game against Dallas, he didn't have to be special. He completed nine passes. Last week, the loss against the New England Patriots, the Patriots, they blitzed Kyler. He struggled with it through a pick. He wasn't moving the football. He wasn't getting out and running and being the, the dynamic uh, rusher that he can be. Already 10 touchdowns on the season uh, from the quarterback position. You know, he's going to vie to, to break Cam Newton's rushing touchdown record for quarterbacks uh, if, you know, if he can get back on track here. It, because in da- against Dallas, it was Buda Baker. It was this defense that would just put forth an effort that we really haven't seen the rest of the season. But they have the playmakers on defense. They've got Patrick Peterson. They've got, uh, you know, a stable of pass rushers that can get to the quarterback. In this case, Jared Goff, you know that that could mean success for the Cardinals. But mm-hmm. then you'll see weeks where they go away. And you haven't seen those consistent uh, efforts. But, you know, if, if it comes down to it, if, if Kyler Murray can be special, if he can put, and, and this is a big if, right? I mean, Josh Allen, you guys know about that game against the Bills where Josh Allen had to- five total touchdowns. The Rams, their, their rally from behind effort came up short, but it was, it was an incredible game to watch. Josh Allen had a special game. I think Kyler Murray has to have one of those games on Sunday. I just do. Just the way things are, the way that this Cardinals team is slumping, and the game that they lost to the Patriots, sure, Kyler wasn't special. And the Patriots needed a lot of help to win that game. I mean, Cam completed nine passes. He threw two interceptions. The Cardinals got their turnovers. Uh, it, it was the Patriots making a play on special teams and just finding other weird ways to win where that game was kind of an anomaly compared to the rest of the schedule. You know, I, I think that the Arizona Cardinals, if they can get just get back, to, if they can get to Jared Goff, that will be successful for their defense in doing what they want to accomplish. 
But then on the offensive side of the ball, they need Kyler Murray to get back on track and have a big game. It's just as simple as that. I know that might be asking too much from a second-year signal, signal caller, but you've Rams fans have seen that second-year quarterbacks, in, when they're playing at a high level, can make a huge impact, and they need that this Sunday. And it's just how the Cardinals' offense goes is how Kyler Murray goes. How their defense goes, we've, we haven't heard from Buda Baker for a while, uh, you know, after a couple special performances, including that Dallas game. He needs to... Number 32 needs to make his presence known come Sunday. That's what's really going to come down to is their stars making big-time big time plays on Sunday. You're saying the stars. Where, in terms of matchups, do you see the biggest opportunities for the Cardinals against the Rams right now? Yeah, the opportunities are that, that uh, just kind of stable pass rushers. Now, they don't have Chandler Jones who had 19 sacks last season, but they're still getting to the quarterback. They've got a guy in Devon Kennard who they brought over from Detroit. He had seven and a half sacks last year. He's kind of had an uneven season due to dealing with COVID, dealing with a couple of you know, nagging injuries, but he's gotten to the quarterback. Hassan Reddick, former first-round pick, 13th overall at Temple. I think he's found his role as getting to the quarterback. He's gotten to the quarterback five-plus times. They brought back Marcus Golden, that name you'll recognize, him, former second-round pick from the Cardinals, started his career here, went to the Giants. He had 10 sacks last year. He's kind of helping supplement the pass rush where they uh, kind of fall short without Chandler Jones. The the interior of this defensive line is depleted due to injuries. Hopefully they're going to get a little healthier, but you know how is that going to match up against your stable of running backs there in Los Angeles? Because I think that's where you know Los Angeles is going to probably try to combat things as far as keeping the pressure off of Jared Goff and keeping that uh, offensive balance. We'll see how that works. But then again, like if, if Jared Goff gets time, he can do what a lot of other teams opposing offenses have done and pick apart a guy like Drake Kirkpatrick who is playing opposite Patrick Peterson in the defensive secondary. And teams are just having its target practice for opposing quarterbacks. I mean, I think it was Russell Wilson went 12-14 in targeting Drake Kirkpatrick. I think Jared Goff, you know, you might think differently, but I think he could certainly have that type of success if he gets the time. Now, that's the biggest question. Cardinals have to bring the pressure against the Rams. So that matchup, you know, that Rams offensive line against this rotating uh, pass rush unit for the Cardinals is going to be huge. That's what I'm wondering, too. When I'm looking at how the matches pan out, for me, the, the Rams, they just, uh, I mean, on our side, watching the Rams this year has been a little bit mind-boggling because you have no idea how good they are. One week they show out, the next week they just fall apart. And, you know, last week's game was a pretty good example. For much of the game, they didn't really do anything. The defense bailed them out, and they got a late touchdown to, to take a lead even. But in the end, the, the early damage was too much to overcome. For the Rams in the offensive line, they are now in their second game without Andrew Whitworth. John Nopum did all right, but he wasn't Andrew Whitworth out there. And the foreigners got significant pressure, especially on the edges. But most importantly, they're not getting push in the running game. They're not really able to create holes in the middle of the field. And teams have been able to use their speed in the outside to set the edge. Where, when, when, when hearing that description, where do the Cardinals match up understanding that the, D, that the offensive line is lost its left tackle? Understanding they're not getting pushed in the front. Yeah. And how does this defense match up with that? Yeah, you know, and I was talking to another Rams podcaster earlier this week about, you know, do it's almost like a, it was a pick your poison. Would you let the Rams run the football, have success running the football, 
uh, or you know, is this Cardinals defense more built to you know would they take a win against the run game and uh, maybe struggle more in in slowing down the pass attack? Well, I, I think if if the Rams' primary uh, weapon is running the football on Sunday, I think that's a win for the Arizona Cardinals. There hasn't been a game where you're just coming away and you're saying, man, they were just gashed by that opposing offense on the ground. Now, sure, at the end of the game, you look at the numbers and and it, they're they're not horrible. You know, their their rush defense statistically is worse than their pass defense, but the Cardinals have lost games because of their inability to cover. And and it's not Patrick Peterson. It's the guys opposite Peterson. It's it's the young guys in the secondary. It's these veterans also that they've brought in that they're kicking the tires on that they have to play at a necessity. They can't let Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, and and uh, and, and Robert Woods go get going on this. They can't let Tyler Higby after a couple down weeks after his great start to the season and Gerald Everett as well get back on track and revert back to 2019 where they were just absolutely just crushed by opposing tight ends. They have to slow down this passing attack. They have to get to Jared Goff. As far as you know, the rushing attack, if, if, if that stable running backs, you know, if, if Henderson and, and Akers, if they if they get going and, and you know they're averaging five yards a carry, that's great. But if you could take about take away what the Rams do exceptionally well at times in that passing attack, I think that that bodes well for the Cardinals. If, if that answers your question, I'm just wondering though the biggest. Some of the biggest wins for the Rams this year have been when they've controlled the clock and controlled the ball. When they've been able yeah. to hold on for 35 minutes, and they're capable of doing it. Are they capable without Andrew Whitworth? So you're saying you'd rather that be the goal, though. You want the Rams to try and you know run. That's a victory for you instead of having to want the passing game. Does your run defense right now, how does it match up overall? How has it matched up this year to be able to, to shoot for the goal that you're aiming for? Yeah, it's just that we we haven't seen teams really get it going as far as consistently, like I said, gashing them in the run game. We haven't seen you know quarterbacks have success getting not you know get their legs going. And that. This probably won't have anything to do with Jared Goff, but the Cardinals have surrendered one rushing touchdown to quarter, opposing quarterbacks this season. As far as rushing touchdowns, just overall uh, to to opposing teams, the Cardinals are in the top five. They just they might kind of bend a little bit, break, but you know this is a team that. Uh, they're they're fine. They, I don't have any problem with their rushing attack. Them, if the Rams get something going on the ground, it's I'm just going off the last six games that McVay is coaches against the Cardinals, where he's six and zero, and it's just Jared. I mean Jared Goff. What we had 16 interceptions last year. He didn't have any of them against the Cardinals last year. He had two get right games against Arizona last year. I don't know what happened after that or what happened between, but he played like a Pro Bowler against the Cardinals last season. He's done it. In his career, he's six and one. His lone loss was when he was a rookie under Jeff Fisher. So, just traditionally, and maybe it's just somebody who's been snake bitten here watching this matchup for so many seasons that that passing attack, it's been it, Cardinals haven't slowed it down. And maybe I'm looking at a grass is greener on the other side perspective. Like, let's see what it looks like if if they let the Rams. You know, you'll take you'll pick your poison and say hey, they get the ground game going, which means they get the possess, the time of possession game going. Uh, you, you like to see that because also I think it keeps the Cardinals in the game because the Rams have shown that recent history that if they get that pass attack going against this Cardinals pass defense, these games have been blowouts. When you're looking at those blowouts, but you're, I mean, I have to think you're, you're seeing this as a different football team now. 
And I'm, I'm wondering, though, when it comes down to run, the run stuff in the past, how have they been saying their coverage is right now? Because I mean, what, what I've seen the last few weeks, if it's man-to-man, Jared Goff has been yeah. struggling. If you're going into some zone, the, the Rams have found a really good way of picking it apart, especially if they move the pocket, which they didn't get the for some reason. They didn't do a whole lot of trying to move the pocket around. They, they, the Rams were very successful last year about getting Goff out of the pocket and moving it, and they just that was the game that Jared Goff just dominated the Cardinals. Yeah. What kind of defense have they, have they been playing of late to make you feel more confident about this weekend? Right, and it's, it's their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, and it's been uneven performances throughout the game. Right, I mean, on Sunday Night Football, they host the Seattle Seahawks, and in the first half, they're just completely overwhelmed by Russell Wilson and their passing attack, and they go for over 300 yards of total offense in the, in the first half, and then the Cardinals hold them to the second half in overtime, the Rams score a touchdown, right? And Vance Joseph deserves a bunch of credit for the adjustments that he, was, he made, and he's kind of taken that game plan, and he's... He's used it and applied it the rest of the season where he's showing pressures from different spots and he's bringing the house from, from different spots as far as variating where his blitz is, his blitzing's coming from. And that's worked out. You know, he's blitz corners, he's blitz safeties, he's blitz linebackers, he's blitz, you know, defensive line obviously is coming at him. Just varying where that pressure is coming from, the Cardinals have seen a lot of success there. And they can take away half of the field for some with, with a guy like Patrick Peterson. He still has that ability at the age of 30 in a contract season. He still has the ability to slow down at least one receiver. Now, with that pressure on a guy like Goff and, and not knowing where that pressure potentially be, could be coming from, the Cardinals have had success being in man-to-man coverages and uh, just kind of taking their chances and putting their cornerbacks on an island. Just to, Now, the success is contingent on them getting really pressure on that quarterback and making his life uh, a little miserable as far as him trying to figure out, go through his proge- progressions and, and take on those, those one-on-one matchups. Mm-hmm. Now, um, flip it around. Flip around. And what I'm seeing here with the Cardinals' defense is a mixed bag. The offense, to me, is a mixed bag, too, especially with the running game. I'm looking at the numbers here of the running game, and I'm seeing – at least per game, some struggles. Can you explain more to me about the Cardinals running game and what kind of danger they pose to the Rams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their run game goes as if Kyler Murray can get it going with his legs. Okay. He's, he's a guy, you know, when they win, he's run for close to 65 yards plus per game. When they've lost, it's, it's right around 50, which isn't that. It's, it's still a good amount from your quarterback's legs that you, you, you're getting between wins and losses, but you know, him getting out and running, we, we just haven't seen it it's in back-to-back losses. That's where teams have had success. They've blitzed Kyler Murray heavily, but they've also kept him contained within the pocket. And uh, that's just going to be huge for this Rams team. Now, obviously, they've got a, a big weapon and it, on, on the front of their defense and the back end of their defense and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And I just think that uh, Kyler Murray's got to find a way. You know, maybe it's going to be a blessing in disguise of 99 creating pressure, you know, up the middle to where number one, can get out and, and get out and use those legs again because that's where the Cardinals' rush defense is at. Is, 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 he's, the one, he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink. Getting Drake's good. He's good between the tackles. He's had a good season. Chase Edmonds is a good change of pace back, catch the ball out of the backfield, kind of run it outside, and then there's Kyler Murray, who's your wild card, who really keeps defenses at bay. He can really, he's the one that's getting that big chunk yardage 
I mean, as far as 20 yards runs, he's up there with some of the best running backs in the league as far as those those plays are concerned in the NFL. So it's going to be key any game for the Cardinals. I don't care if it's against the Rams or if it's against the, uh, the Washington football team. You know, it's it's key for Kyler Murray to get that run game going because they go from pedestrian, you know, not bad, pedestrian to great. And that's when, you know, that's why they, they can rush for a high clip. And I, I think at this season, when they've rushed for over 150 yards, they only have one loss. Otherwise, you know, they've, they've won all of their games because they've gotten to go on the run of the game. And it creates that run back, pass balance and kind of the misconception. And I think the same thing can be said for Los Angeles. And when you think about Sean McVay, you think about throwing the football. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for Cliff Kingsbury and his offenses. The air raid offense, big misconception is that – they they don't run the football. It the run game is so key for the success for this offense. And Kyler Murray's the guy that gets it going. It's not you know from a traditional sense, your bell cow running back and Kenyon Drake. So you mentioned Murray though being part of that running game. How concerned are you at some point of a major injury? So I, I mean, as a fan, yeah. as a football fan, I even a, a, someone who covers the team. Some of the things I've seen Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray doing in the field are, are amazing. But also, I'd say there's been a few times he's taken some risks out there that I've felt for sure that if somebody got him the right way, you're talking about blown ACL, you're talking about, you know, other leg injuries, because anytime you're a running quarterback, the danger is everybody. He's, to me, and when I note this, my film study on the Cardinals this year has been a bit less than last year because we haven't seen much of him yet this year. How concerned are you that at some point, he needs to be pulled back from the running game some to protect him from the kind of injuries that have taken out so many quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I mean, the concern there, I mean, he's, he's a non-traditional size quarterback. He's under six feet tall. He's, you know, at, at, at the combine, he was a 207. That's Kyler Murray bulked up. That's not his playing weight. I'm sure he plays closer to 200, under 200 pounds. He, he, I mean, it's, it's the old Muhammad Ali. It's like, float like a butterfly. Got to. It's a necessity for Kyler Murray. Luckily, at this stage in his career, his age, uh, he hasn't absorbed that many hits. Uh, he took one hit where it was a primetime game where he was dealing with a shoulder injury, but that was on a, on a passing attempt. Uh, when he's gotten out in space, this kid is so elusive, Derek, where it's, it's tough for, for opposing defensive players to square him up. And I know, like, well, that's no way to make a living. And sure, you're going to live there. You're going to be, you know, chewing your nails off, biting your nails off, mm-hmm. you know, with the concern of that. But right now, he hasn't shown anybody, like, any true concern that he's going to put himself in harm's way. He's been playing as an undersized quarterback since Pee Wee. So he knows how to do it. Um, and he's just an elite type athlete to where he's avoided those types of hits. Now, you know, is it, is it inevitable? Are you playing with fire that it's going to happen at some point? Yeah, but I mean that's the concern when you have a mobile mm-hmm. quarterback like that. That was the concern for the Philadelphia Eagles, even with a guy like Donovan McNabb and his stature. You know, you don't want to put those guys in harm's way, but you know we know that the the rigors of the NFL are what they are. The ugliness of it that injuries happen, but it I, I don't think there's any more concern than a, any other team that's had a mobile quarterback. I mean, Kyler Murray does a great job and gets out of bounds. He's got his baseball ba- background, obviously, ninth overall pick from the Oakland Athletics back a couple seasons ago. He, uh, he knows how to slide. So he's, he knows how to, to protect himself, I'll say that. So that concern, I think Kyler Murray over the last season and a half, 
he's kind of eased those concerns gotcha. and his ability to take himself out of harm's way. Now, sometimes I, it feels like you're, you're driving a Porsche in a parking lot because <laughs> he does have to kind of rein it back. He does. He, he can't go all out because there is that if he gets blindsided or if he gets hit low or whatever it may be, you know that he could be on the shelf for a long time. Noting all that, he, you do see him as though the franchise quarterback. There's not a challenge to him at all. Yeah. Down the line. Yeah, at this time last year, that was a question mark. That's not mm-hmm. the question any, any longer. No. I mean, the last couple of weeks, the, the, the NFL has adjusted to Kyler Murray. Um, and it's his job and it's Cliff Kingsbury's job to, to kind of play that, ch- that game of chess and, and make another move and, and find ways to get him back to where he was successful in, in the first, you know, nine, eight to nine weeks of the season mm-hmm. where, you know, he had, he was, he was having success throwing the football. He had success getting out and running. Like I mentioned, the 10 rushing touchdowns. Just an absolute lethal threat in the, in the red zone. Um, he just needs to to get back to that where he was. You know what that adjustment is. That's up to Kingsbury and, and, and Kyler. But uh, right now it looks like you know opposing defenses blitzing him and uh, making him un- uncomfortable. Uh, you know throwing the football or getting out into space. That's they've done a great job. Now it's now it's his move. Well, looking at that Rams defense though, and looking how they're built, how do you see Kyler doing against them right now? It's uh, it's always tough. Like I mean, I I the star power on the Rams defense is daunting. I mean, just what they're able to do as far as coverage with Ramsey, number twenty and number ninety nine. I mean, but then you look at it, it's like okay, there's opportunities. Uh, it's gonna come down to Kyler making plays. You know, can DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins, who it's I'm surprised I haven't mentioned him at this point, but he's been every bit the truth that yeah. you thought he was in Houston and watching him. And him being a part of the Arizona Cardinals organization and knowing that he's locked up is like, I, I can't believe I have to pinch myself every day. I can't but at believe he's that trade, man. I still can't I know. believe it. It is crazy. It is crazy. It cost him his job. But it, it was, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, there, there's, that's still a work in progress. And as much as we want to see that matchup, we want to see, we want to see the AFC South matchup that we've seen before. Between Ramsey when he was with the Jaguars and the Hopkins when he was with the Texans, we want the we want the NFC West version of that. I don't know if we will get that. I still think that your second year quarterback, as far as Murray, uh, is still a little hesitant to throw into uh, coverage like that. But that's why you get the guy like that. That's why you get Hopkins. So hopefully, some of that hesitancy will be removed. I don't know if it's this week, but you just hope that you'll dial up number ten's number a couple more times than you have the previous couple weeks. He targeted him 16 times in the Niners game, and that's been his, you know, that's that's an absurd amount. That was a record amount of targets for Hopkins in his career, surprisingly. But uh, you need to target him often. I mean, he his target share for Houston was absurd, and it was they had success mm-hmm. doing it. So I, I think the Cardinals need to kind of take a page out of that playbook and just go after DeAndre Hopkins. Now, that being said, playmakers like Christian Kirk, a guy who's uh, had a lot of success earlier this season, uh, yeah. But not recently. Um, you know, he had five touchdowns in three games during one stretch. He he can be that guy to kind of take the top off a of defense. And when you think about matchups of Hopkins and, and Ramsey, if if Nook is wrapped up by Jalen, you got to imagine somebody's going to have a good matchup, uh, you know, elsewhere on the field. And it's got to be Christian Kirk. Number 13 has to be the guy that uh, has to be available to Kyler Murray to make plays. Now, that's easier said than done. He hasn't done it in the last couple of weeks. Larry Fitzgerald potentially coming off the COVID-19 list. 
you know, Father Time continues to be undefeated. He's slow, Fitz has been slowed down this season for the first time in, in ever. Um, but, you know, he's still a good possession guy. You still throw it his way. He's going to come down with the catch now. Is it going to be a 12-yard catch? No, it's usually going to be like a 5-6 yard catch. But he's reliable. Um, it, but, but the Cardinals, they just need to to be able to get out and, and, and make Kyler Murray when most effective. He's going to have to get those, make those big-time plays to, to DeAndre Hopkins, and, and Christian Kirk needs to pull up some of the slack when Nook is slowed down by Ramsey inevitably. All right, so all those things in mind. How do you see this matchup going? How, how do you? I just, yeah, I, I have a tough time betting on the Cardinals right now. I really do. I th- really? They're slumping. They're slumping, and they haven't shown me. You know, They could have easily, Derek, lost four straight games. If DeAndre Hopkins doesn't pull down that miraculous Hale Murray, the Cardinals have lost four games in a row. They've lost three of four. That's reality. They're six and five. They're clinging to that seventh Mm -hmm. and final playoff spot. And even if they lose, they'll probably still be in that spot with a great, you know, get right game on the road against the Giants. But here's what the Cardinals need to do. They need to get this big monkey off their back. That is Sean McVay's undefeated against them. They need to show that, hey, just for down the line, like if the Cardinals lose this game and they win games against New York, they win games against Philly and they win games against the Niners and then they drop the season finale against the Rams. It will have shown them down the stretch that they can't compete with teams like the Rams in the postseason. That's not going to give them any edge in the postseason. Now, I know that they, they've got some weapons in Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, but it, it, it's shown them that they can't play at that level yet. They're not there yet. A win this week would prove that. But there's something. They haven't made the adjustments just yet. And, uh, it, I mean, pressure is going to be key on Jared Goff. Can they get it consistently enough to where it's going to impact the final score? I don't know that. I don't think so because Jared Goff has shown that he can, even under pressure, he can make, as you mentioned, him getting outside the pocket, making throws. He was pretty dang good at that last season, especially against the Arizona Cardinals. So I just think they have their number. Is there a moral victory here? If they can keep it tighter than, it, than it's been traditionally under against McVay Rams coach teams, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but I don't know. They, they've lost a, loss, a, a lot of close matchups recently. I don't think the fan base is going to accept a moral victory at this point in the season. It's, it'd be huge for them. A win would go a long way. Uh, it, would, it would turn a team that would probably go from eight to nine wins to double digits. But, man, I, I just have a tough time betting on them. They're just not playing consistent enough on both sides of the football to get this job done against the Rams, even though the Rams are coming off a bad loss against the Niners. And it was a bad loss. All right, man. So let's tell people where, where to find you. Where are the, where's the best place to hear the work of Mr. Bo Brack? So on a daily podcast, it's Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where my co-host and I, Alex, we're churning out content. And it's unbiased Cardinals opinion. I don't think I've sugarcoated anything. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there and we're, and we're trying to pick up the pieces just as much as the team is and try to figure out what the best pass it path is to the postseason it's a fun though as you mentioned it's been intriguing it's been an interesting season it's been fun to break down you know the the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat we're feeling it all this season you can listen to us on a daily basis there wherever you find podcasts also on fridays i'm hosting the locked on nfl podcast where we break down all the big games coming up that weekend in the thursday night matchup from the previous night so that's where you can find me on twitter at bob rack easiest way to find me it's bo brock but it's spelled Phonetically, Bob Rack. Just search it. You'll find me. <laughs> Bob Rack. Bob Racky. It's 
All right. Thanks so much. I'm hoping we'll talk again before the last game of the year, if, the, if we happen to get there. Lord knows that'll even it's, happen. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you know what? It's going to be a big one. I, I, you, regardless of what happens on Sunday, it's still going to have some major, I, I, I would guess, uh, you know, playoff implications. Might, so yeah. for the first time in a long time, that game that's been happening uh, after the first of the year or on the first of the year, it's, it's going to have some big-time implications on it finally. So that's, that's something to look forward to. I mean, I gotta be honest. That I have that as a major playoff matchup. Yeah, M- for I mean, sure. And it could, it, could be be, it could be a preview of a, of a of a game the next week in the playoffs. So we'll see. All right, Bo. Thanks so much for your time, and take care. Interesting with him. He's he's perpetually, I think, optimistic, and I really like how he thinks. In terms of where this NFC matchup, NFC West matchup is going, and Ed Smith has some similar views on this, and we, we break it down a bit differently. And I'm going to go right into it because this is going to be a long episode. Here's Ed Smith from the Believe in Cardinals podcast. He's got his own radio show in the morning out there in, in Arizona. And hey, check out some some of his books here. He's got he's a motivational speaker. So here we go. Here's Ed Smith. All right, folks, I'm here with Ed Smith with the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast and the Easy Sports Talk Show on 1060 AM in Phoenix. He's on every Saturday. Former player in the NFL, the XFL, member of the 1998 NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons. I have to, I have to make sure I put that's accomplishments right there. <laughs> you can't see his screen right now, but on his screen, he's got the Eagles jerseys in the background. We know this man has been around the block a little bit. We're glad to have him on the show. Ed, how you doing? Man, I'm great, and uh, great to be on with you. Look forward to chopping this game up, man. Well, and chopping it up to good word. We have we have two teams right now that I think have some things to figure out. And when you're looking at the Cardinals, there are a lot of questions I know I have entering this game. The Rams have beaten up on them a lot in the last couple of years. This is not the same Cardinals team, but they seem to be in a bit of a slump right now. What is the state of the Arizona Cardinals, and and where do you kind of put them in the echelon of the NFC? You know, Derek, if you started, if you asked at the beginning of the season, which, you know, we're all prognosticators in this business, you know, we talk about what would be a successful season, what would be a disappointment. My radio partner and I, you know, we, we from the very beginning, we were looking at this season as a season of growth. We didn't look at it like, you know, we're super bound, Super Bowl bound, not even playoff bound for the most part. But what happened, we had that real fast start, you know, right out of the box, you beat Sam Fran expectations grew every week you know next you know we're five and two and you know people are talking uh uh, mvp talk for kyler murray and et cetera et cetera and then you know what happens usually is you end up being who you really are in a sense and this cardinals team is young they're still trying to figure things out six and five man i'm telling you thus far the season's been successful for me you know I, i think what like i said what happens is expectations of jump through the ceiling a little bit. I am in the category of we are in a great spot right now, not playing our best ball, but in the playoff mix. We'll see where things go from here. But, you know, I just continue to try to temper things out here because there are a lot of people who are upset with the Cardinals right now. And like I said at the beginning, you know, if you said at this point we'd be 6-5 and five in the mix, I think a lot of people would take that. But uh, like I said, because of the direction, we're kind of seeing to be faltering a little bit. Now everybody's a little more disappointed than I think they should be. 
that kind of blows my mind a little bit. To me, you know, given where they are, given where the teams are now, the Detroit loss, the Carolina loss, those are games that hindsight being 2020 probably sh- probably could have been and should have been wins. But to lose to Miami, I mean, we know all about Miami over here. We yeah. And we we know all about Seattle. This is the NFC West. It's one of the best divisions of football for a reason. And to lose to New England, I mean, it's still the Patriots. Uh, they kind of blow my mind where they're at, but they're still Patriots. They're still head. Co- they're still coached by Bill Belichick, and they they're, they're going to win some football games. I'm not sure I understand why there would be disappointment right now. Yeah, I, and, and I it's a really a mystery to me too, Derek. And like I said, I think because of that start, you know, and you brought up, you bring up a couple great points. We should have beat Detroit at home. You know, we should have beat a Carolina team that didn't have a McCaffrey. And, you know, we, we were kind of, we were favored in that game. You throw those two games in there as wins, and this could be a totally different scenario right now. But like I said, for me, those are the type of, that's evidence that this team is not quite there yet you know and it's early in you know early in the season they're kind of building and you know you win a couple games you shouldn't but then you lose a couple that you should win and that's like i said for me that is just where this team is right now second year head coach or second year quarterback who had no off season uh you know no uh the training camp or like an abbreviated training camp no preseason games you know so this has all been a working process and and i really continue to try to you know, point that out to, to our listeners out here in the Phoenix area. But what happens is it's almost like going to a restaurant and you get that great meal, right? Mm-hmm. And now the next time you go back, it's supposed to be just as spectacular, but maybe that chef is off that next time you're in and it comes out to be an average meal. Now you're really disappointed because of the first taste you got. And that's what the Cardinals have kind of done with that five and two start. You know, we had everybody thinking, hey, we're, we're on the way, on our way. We've arrived, and in reality, you know, young team, and you brought out another point, great division that we're in, so there's, you know, but, you know, it's tough, man. You try to preach common sense to to people a lot of times, but, you know, when they they start out the way they did, everybody's now so hot and feverish, and now, like I said, it's such a big disappointment, but if you rolled that, like I said, if you threw that six and five up against the wall at the beginning of the season said at week 12, Mm -hmm. we're going to be six and five, a lot of people would have taken that, but because of where we were, it seemed like we were heading. Now, like I said, it is a disappointment, but I, I'm I'm confident that this team and organization is heading in the right direction. And that you know, long long looking at the big picture, I'm more excited about that than anything that could happen this year. Well, Cardinals are six and five right now. But they have the Rams twice. They got San Francisco once more. New York is all of a sudden tough. Waiting to see what happens mm-hmm. with Daniel Jones, but New York. We saw them live earlier this year. They gave the Rams all kinds of problems. They are improving football team. They're better than people probably thought they would be. And Philadelphia, of course, is, I mean, I know that's your former team and all, but <laughs> I got to be honest, as, as, a, as a watcher of football, since the Super Bowl season, they have been underachieving in my point of view. I'm not sure what to make of Philadelphia. So given that schedule that you have, what is the outlook for the Cardinals the rest of the year? Well, what scares me, obviously, is the two against the Rams, and especially this coming week here, Rams coming off a very disappointing loss against San Fran, which lets San Fran back in the window now. And now it's like desperation for all teams within the, in this division, especially the Cardinals. We lose, you know, going over to New England. No shame in that, but falling to 6-5, and five, you know, we're still holding on to that last playoff spot. But you look 
at the bottom, look underneath you, and you got even the Vikings climbing. So now you got a desperation situation for all teams within the division. And this is going to be a dogfight, uh, especially, like I said, coming off that loss uh, by the Rams. And, you know, they got everything in the world to prove. We're trying to get off the, the mat ourselves. And, you know, for me, this is this is divisional play. And throughout my career, Derek, when those weeks when you were in contention or those years when you were in contention, division games, I mean, that was just like all-out war. We must win this. And I know both teams are going to come in with an attitude like this is one we can't drop. Uh, if the Cardinals do not come out on top of this one, it really, you know, kind of puts us in a bad position. Like I said, you got another out there in L.A. against the Rams. You got San Fran who's playing much better now. And like you said, the Giants – New York, they're not slouching. So, what you know, my my, I'm asking the question: If people are disappointed now, Derek, if we happen to falter and not make the playoffs, it's going to be one of the longest off seasons imaginable out here because of everybody's going to be so disappointed and irate. But like I said, it's a distinct possibility with that schedule looming. I mean, it seems strange. If the Cardinals could even finish out eight and eight, that's still a big improvement on where they are. And I thought that. Just looking at the roster coming in this year, they're, they're going to be better. They're going to be a team that is on that path. Eight and eight to me is on that path. Like you are on the way. You, you're building something better for next Even if you slip a bit, young teams have to learn to win. You know that. You remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like you all of a sudden just become great. Some teams, I think of the 1999 Rams, they just became great. But they, they Dick Vermeil put them through some wars. This is, every situation is different just to expect automatically you're going to flip it around with a young team and you basically overhaul the entire roster. It seems a bit far-fetched, but the, what I, the message I'm getting from you here is that perhaps the, the fan base is, is, is uh, well, let's just say, a bit overzealous on this, a bit over-expecting a little bit. Yeah, we've been, so, we've been pretty bad for a few years out here, Derek, so then, you know, you like the fire and... You know, everybody's getting excited because of the possibilities, especially when you compare it to where we've been, like I said, over the last few years. At the beginning of the season, Derek, my partner and I, we took a beating. When we were, you know, season was getting ready to start. Obviously, we were trying to roll through the pandemic and figure out how everything was going to work. No offseason, like I said. No preseason games. We didn't know what this team was going to look like. And honestly, both my partner and myself, we were our, our guesstimation. We said, this is probably a seven-win team max, maybe eight. And for us, we both deemed that as a successful, would have been a successful season. Man, we caught all kind of, you know, how are you guys going to be uh, believing the Cardinals and you don't even believe in them? And I was like, I'm trying to speak reality, you know, but, you know, what happens? Like I said, those, you know, you get a few wins on your belt and never, all of a sudden everybody forgets that they were actually a five-win team yeah. last year. And now, you know, we're supposed to be competing with the upper echelon of the uh, you know, the NFL, and quite frankly, Derek, if you look at our roster, we have a lot of nice pieces from, you know, spot here, spot there. We went out and we made the acquisition of a DeAndre Hopkins. So, But if you match, match our roster up with the Kansas Cities, with the uh, you pay, um, not, um, Packers and even Saints and other teams, you know, Seattle and even L.A., where our roster has so many holes we don't have like what you call an abundance of talent at every position, but you know that's it's like you, you get blinded by the light. You know, was that the? I was still. I made a, a joke to my radio partner last week. 
it's almost like the sixth sense, you know, where the ghosts yeah, saw yeah. what they wanted to see. That's exactly what our fans, they see what they want to see, not exactly what is the reality and what's in front of us. And that's where you get all the high expectations and the disappointment, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, in their eyes, the Cardinals are uh, not just a, a playoff team, but we're going to make a run. And that's just not. I'm thinking of what you're saying here, and I'm really just. It, the situation is actually similar with us over here. Now, the Rams were expected to be a little better of a team. But when we started the season, you know, most, most of ours have had the Rams at 9-7 and seven max. Uh, we mainly expectations for the team on the league-wide scale was that the Rams would be a third or maybe even fourth place if they slipped behind Arizona. It was possible. So... I'm seeing some kind of correlation. The Rams are are seven and four, and their losses have been, uh, I'll say, frustrating. The same mistake. This team still makes a lot of the same mistakes they made last year, which is which is frustrating to watch as a fan. But I'm serious. When the Rams lose and Jared Goff doesn't have a great game, it's like the Rams Jared Goff suicide hour. It's like you know we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna we're gonna just hammer and destroy Jared Goff. He sucks. You need to get rid of him. The Rams are horrible. It's like. Uh, in case you didn't watch how they broke down the team roster last offseason to get themselves out of salary cap hell, they now have the second youngest team in the league. And really, it's pretty obvious they're, they're building for next year. Not that they're obviously trying to compete in the playoffs this year, but they're building really for next year. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you talk about the Cardinals. So even though the teams are in a bit of a different place, the situation is similar. That makes this matchup to me fascinating especially given the fact the Rams have handled the Cardinals in recent memory. So when you're breaking down this matchup now and you're, and you're kind of seeing these parallels, what stands out to you for this, for this matchup now? For me, this, is, this comes down, ironically, because you know, I should be talking more about the Cardinals. For me, it comes down to which golf we get, good golf or bad golf. Uh, our, you know, we, we, I'm a little worried about where we're going offensively right now from our aspect um we seem to be getting back into our trend of horizontal passing game you know sideline to sideline rather than up the field running games kind of sputtered as of late if the rams come in here and you guys put points on the board and then unleash that front uh and i'm a little worried that some of the formula not and every team has to, to pull off the strategy but Teams are starting to get a little more uh, successful at keeping Kyler in the pocket, you know, uh, pressure up through the middle, get your defensive ends up the field a little bit to keep them contained a little bit. If we don't come out of the box quickly in this game and we seem to be playing from behind and, and let golf get comfortable and you guys put a little some points on the board, I'm just kind of a little worried that we're the way we're trending right now. I don't know if – we're, we're at that point where we can be explosive anymore right now. Just get a little fear of that. And, you know, I know, you know, we, we, we keep talking about this air raid offense, but I'm still seeing it kind of in, I guess, a state where I don't have the, the utmost confidence in Kingsbury when, he, when it comes to making adjustments, when teams are kind of figuring out ways to kind of slow us down. I'm not seeing him making the proper adjustments. And then the other thing is sometimes the student versus the, the master I know McVay, they've got some ties and everything like that. And thus far, he's not been successful against McVay. And that, this might be a, a 
more salt on our wound right now. It just kind of feels that way. I mean, for me on our end, you're kind of the way you're talking reminds me of how the Rams have been with the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Yeah. And uh, Sean McVay really struggled to adjust to Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really has. I wonder if it's a young coach kind of thing. I wonder if it's one of those things where you're still growing as a coach and you're, and you're not able to play the full game of chess the way you want to. Because if I'm, if I'm looking at the film and I'm, I'm seeing a lot, of, a lot of times Sean McVay making adjustments. Their second half adjustments this year have been phenomenal. But mm-hmm. get certain matchups. And it usually involves a pass rush. So that's where we're going to go. The Cardinals pass rush. Where is it right now? Because that, to me, is the key to the game. The loss of Chandler Jones has been probably one of those, the biggest, I guess, subtractions from uh, a defensive unit this year. He was the heart and soul up front, creating pressure, uh, causing havoc, causing teams to have to double team him, mm-hmm. which would then free others up. And, you know, you had to, we had some, some ability to scheme a little more with him in the lineup. Now it's kind of more straight up face-to-face we haven't put a whole lot of pressure on quarterbacks. The one bonus is Buda Baker flying around at all times, uh, not just in the back at the back end of his defense, but man, he's been filling holes and coming up and making plays. What scares me a little bit is McVeigh's creativeness to maybe scheme some things where you might Rams might be able to take advantage of us over top, over the top, with some play action and different things. Uh, pass rush, I'm not sure. If I, I would call it anything that's really threatening right now, you know, we've had a couple games where we've, you know, created some sacks and different things like that, but nothing since Chandler Jones has been out of the lineup has been really kind of sporadic. And if we don't put pressure on golf, that's the one thing about him. You know this, Derek, by watching you get him out of rhythm early. It seems like you can almost tell within the first, you know, first like 15 minutes of the game, first quarter, whether you're going to get good or bad golf. When he, gets really uncomfortable and doesn't look right. It's, it's almost like he never makes the correction and finishes, you know, strong. Yeah, Because that game against San Fran last weekend, I was watching it, and from the very beginning, I was like, uh-oh, this does not look good. And I picked the Rams, you're obviously home, and, and mm-hmm. by the second quarter, I was like, nah, this one's not going to turn around. Fumbles, interceptions, he just never – and if we can do that to them early, we have a chance. But if you let him get comfortable in the rhythm and McVay starts to feel him, find – What's working? Boom. He's like clockwork. Problem is getting him on schedule. We can get him off schedule good. If we don't, then we're in for a long day trying to trying to compete. Well, I think several things have hurt Goff. You know, I think sometimes Sean McVay hurts Goff. I think, you know, and I think last week was a great example that for weeks and weeks and weeks now, the Rams have not established the running game, early nothing game. Yeah. And this game, the 49ers did a great job of sealing off the edge, and they didn't really try and really work the middle of the field. That put, immediately puts Goff in trouble. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to stretch the field. They rely a lot on rack. You know, and if you put Jared Goff in a position where they, they can't really, they're not dangerous going deep, they're, and they're able to be shut down in the running game, and he doesn't commit to the running game, then he really hurts Jared Goff. Normally, we've been a defender of Jared Goff for that reason, but more recently, I mean, really after our last, our last podcast, 
I even wrote about it. I hadn't, I hadn't written it in weeks. <laughs> I even wrote about it. And I broke it down like this. At some point, Jared Goff has to be the franchise quarterback you're, you're paying the big money to be. You have to overcome those things. You have to lead those things. And I'm not seeing evolution in his game to where he should be. You are now, you are finished. He's getting to finish his fifth year in the league. And even if I give him a bye because of that middle school defense, middle school offense, or he was part of in 2016, you are drafted number one. You are paid to make the reads. And you need to establish leadership. If you establish leadership of that offense, then McVeigh will back off. He's, he's going to trust you more with it. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I see Jared Goff as being a player who's not developing up here. He's got every physical tool imaginable. And I, I'm, when I'm looking at this game, Arizona always drives me nuts because Arizona traditionally finds ways to get the quarterbacks. And I'm thinking, even though their big man is down, if they can create pressure on him, there's my fear. Last year, the Rams moved the pocket on the Cardinals. Had, had Goff rolling out, got him away from all the pressure, and Goff thrived. Can, if, if they can move the, the pocket on, on Cardinals, this game, I think, getting Tyler Higby out there, the tight end's more involved, I think it's, it's there for them. How prepared are the Cardinals to handle the Rams' tight ends? Because that's where, when the Rams are on, those tight ends, Joe Everett and Tyler Higby, they create yeah. problems. Last year, we were the worst team, in, in my opinion, almost the history of football in terms of covering tight ends. Every tight end we faced throughout the, the year, it was almost like we were on a campaign to, to get them elected to the mm-hmm. Pro Bowl last year. I mean, you look through the stats, and we, whether it be Higby or Hawkinson, whoever came in here, it was like, wow, they had a great game, you know. This year we've done a lot better in terms of covering the tight end. I'm not sure whether it's because of scheme uh, maybe teams haven't tried to attack us that much in that area. It doesn't seem like Titans have been a hu- Titans have been a huge focus thus far. I mean, we caught a couple breaks too earlier in the season. When we were playing San Fran game one. Um, Kittle goes out early. Uh, you know, I think somewhere to near the uh, end of the first half, early part of the second half, whatever it was. But we didn't have to compete with him. And thus far, like I said, we've been pretty good at managing. Uh, if the Rams come, if you guys come in here with a plan to exploit us. That wouldn't surprise me, uh, but at this at this stage of the season, I've been pretty su- pleasantly surprised that we have not been the the the, the I guess like the uh, the worst covering team of the tight end. So <laughs> it would surprise you know it, I, 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 nothing would you know I, I'm not sure if that'll be a focus because right now I think there are some other holes you guys might be able to hit us. Our front has not been stopping the run successfully for a few weeks. Um, you know, and there's always that susceptibility over the top. And it's funny, it's almost like we're talking about the same team just with different colors, both of us. We both have those same questions about our team yeah. and our, you know, and our and your, our coaching of our quarterbacks as well. You know, some of the things that you're going through with golf, you know, we I feel sometimes that uh, Kyler Murray's being, his growth is being stunted a little bit because it seems like there are times when they almost like, put the security blanket on him and he's not as aggressive or our passing game is so horizontal and we're not using him in running situations when we should all these different things and you know you guys are dealing with the same thing with golf being kind of if it's not short and all on timing he's not that dude that gets out there and improvises or like you said can carry the offense just you know because 
you know, he's going to put everybody on his back and go. So there's a lot of questions going into this game, similar questions from both sides, and it's going to be really interesting to see who answered those questions on yeah. Sunday. And what's crazy on my end is I know Goff can do it. We've seen Goff do it. I, I think back to the 2018 Minnesota game. That's what I always refer to. That was peak golf. That was he's hitting people on a dime deep. He's he's carrying the offense in a game where the defense was not really there. I think of the NFC Championship game where they got down 13 to nothing. Um, they 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 they, they <laughs> the I can't get the words out. Jeez, the they lose sound in the headsets. They can't hear anything in the stadium. They're bumbling. Todd Gurley's not playing well. And the defense and Goff, really, together, that's where Goff, was, to me, was his leadership peak in that game, where him as a quarterback, and they fall a game plan, they got it done, and they came back, and I don't want to hear anything from the Saints fans about that. Well, <laughs> because from mid-second quarter on, the Rams controlled that game. I, I know what Goff can do, and I don't think McVay's holding Goff back. Like, you're, you're, you're kind of hinting that maybe – Kyler Murray's being held back by the staff. I think Goff holds Goff back. Okay. And that's a concern for me is I think Sean McVay wants Goff to take control of the offense and be the leader and stay in the pocket and deliver and think all this progress progressions through. I when I look at Kyler Murray, I see a guy, I do see a guy who's potentially being held back a little bit who whose gifts aren't for the horizontal game as much as for the vertical game. So then my question would be, when you have DeAndre Hopkins, why is he getting like 50 yards last week? I mean, I mean, and he's got Jalen Ramsey this week. Yeah, I mean, that's been the big, one of the big mysteries. And, you know, you'll, it's almost, I'm not sure what the philosophy of this team is. You know some in most instances, you look at a team and you'll say that's their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either a smash mouth team or uh, with Kansas City, they've got so many different options and you know special plays and this, and they can also run the ball down your throat. I don't know if they've here in Arizona if we figured out what our true nature and identity is yet. You know, because they if you'll if you'll constantly hear well they're running the air raid offense, but when you think about air raid offense, you're thinking high tempo up and down the field, moving the ball, you know. But, man, I'm telling you, you there's so much frustration in watching this team play sometimes because, like I said, it is, it's sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. You've got this great weapon, DeAndre Hopkins, and you know, he'll have 10 catches for 45 yards. You know, and it's like, what the heck are you doing? Like you said, there's a reason why he has 45 or 50 yards in receptions because, you know, you're not getting that yak because everything's up against the sideline or it's – wide receiver bubble screen or this or that. So I think that's one of the things we're still trying to figure out. I, and, you know, part of it is Kingsbury's still trying to figure out the identity of his, his offense slash quarterback, what he does best, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I know in the back of their mind, they're always trying to keep him protected. One, because of his size, and you don't want to turn him into an all-out running quarterback. But I do think we can be even more creative in unleashing him a little bit, some of these different option packages and maybe getting him outside of, uh, you know, the formations and stuff like that, meaning, you know, get them out on the edges. But, uh, you know, it's it's. I, I give them a lot of credit, though, because without an off season, without a lot of time, you know, you just basically just get the training camp and you roll right into the season. No tr- no uh, training, no um, pre- preseason games or anything like that. You know, to be at this point in the season, uh, still in contention, holding a seventh spot, 
things could be a whole lot worse for us out here, Derek, and we've all seen it before. So, about that identity, about the matchup itself, what do you think plays out this weekend? Your view, you have seen them, look at the matchups, looking at the flaws, yeah. looking at the injuries, looking at everything together now. How, let's, 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 let's go on a limb here. Where do you, well, who wins? What do you think, who, who takes this? Man, I hate being here in Arizona and, and picking against my Cardinals, but this is one of those games, man. I, you know, if, if in, and I would say within the first, like I said earlier, within the first quarter plus, I'm going to have a true idea whether I made the right or wrong pick. And that's all going to come down to how golf looks when he comes in, how the offense looks. I, I just personally, I have more confidence in your offense than I do in ours right now. And if you guys come in here with a game plan, get off to a good start, I do see this game going the way of the Rams. And some of that is just because of talent and and also coaching. I just think McVay kind of has Kingsbury's number right now. We've seen the last few games they played against each other. My prediction for this game is probably somewhere upper 20s, like 27, 24, something like that. And I, un- unfortunately, and I know my fans are going to get on us out here, uh, but I have the Rams winning this one in a tight one. How about yourself? I got the Rams winning. I have it, you know, 30-17. I think the Rams' defense uh, has a couple things going on with it. But if they can – if they can – if Ramsey does his thing out there and kind of neutralizes Hopkins at least some, and yeah. the Rams are able to, to pound it a little bit, I, th- I think they take this. I think coming in off a game where they know that that 49ers game, the 49ers beat them. They beat them, and the Rams know they beat them. Yeah. And um, that's not who they want to be. They, they're a team that picks it up when they, when they lose. They, they're a team that, that right now, this, the person on this team is it was when they lose, they go back and they figure out why and they come back better. And so, I, I think the Rams are actually very dangerous come playoff time because of that. If they if they end the playoffs with a loss like this and, and just keep getting better off the losses, I see them being a very dangerous team come playoff time if they get in. Uh, if they say a 5C, especially if playing the NFC East. Um, so I like this matchup for them. Now, if Chandler Jones is playing, I'm thinking differently. I think he does change the way this goes dramatically. The Rams defensively, I think, if if the Cardinals don't run the football well, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. their defensive line stepped up. The, the Cardinals have to attack have to attack their linebackers mm. because the line that's the weak point of the defense, and teams aren't doing it. Will the Cardinals? I'm not sure they will. Is it going to be a great matchup? I think though, but this whoever loses this game, Derek, definitely. Well, you guys have that actually. I think you guys are seven and four. We're at six and five. This game is so crucial for us at this point in time, especially with others nipping at our heels mm-hmm. for that seventh spot. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, two more coming up. Once against you, once against uh, San Fran. We can't afford to lose this game. So this is a, I won't say must win, but this is a definite. We need to put our best foot forward. Otherwise, it's going to make climbing that hill just that much tougher. Well. I agree. That's it. Well, then with that. Okay, so, Ed, again, we, tell folks where they can find you because you definitely know what you're talking about. You're worth worth following. I'm also hearing you're a bit of a motivational speaker. So where can people find your stuff? I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm on uh, 
Twitter and Instagram at Ed Smith Speaks. I've got the radio show, the Easy Sports Talk. Uh, we broadcast live every Saturday on 1060 AM, KDUS 1060 AM out here in Phoenix uh, from 10 to 12 hour time, which is mountain time right now on Saturday. Uh, we also... Uh, sports Talk, and uh, we do it on uh, YouTube as well. And then I also have my website. Uh, people want to check me out. It's uh, www.edsmithspeaks.com. They can go check out you know, my motivational speaking. And I also I have my book that was published back in 2005, Easy Does It, The Journey of a Lifetime. They can go to the uh, uh, book tab on that website and purchase the book as well. And I actually get all the books out, signed and autographed personally when they order them from the site. So, you know, appreciate you having me on, Derek. And uh been, been a, a, a great time, man, and look forward to I'd like to have you come on our show on a Saturday soon so we can uh, chop everything up as well, man. Absolutely. would love to be on. We'd love to be on. Thanks a lot so much. You got it. All right. So Ed brings to life a lot of the parallels here that these two teams have right now. And something has to give this weekend. The Rams are in better shape. The game up here is 7-4. They have a couple winnable games coming up with the Jets and the Patriots. The Cardinals definitely have a tougher schedule. I wonder now how this will play out. I wonder how the Rams will deal with kind of a sort of lost Cardinals offense. You know, both both of our guests say really kind of they have concerns. And if you're a Rams fan, you definitely have concerns after watching Jared Goff. We, we really hit Jared Goff this week hard on the podcast. We hit him in, when I wrote about this week as well, I hit him hard. And the reason why is situations like this. This is a winnable game for the Rams. This is, this, they have a better roster. They have the stars. They have the star power. This is a Jared Goff moment here. If Jared Goff comes in there and takes control of this game early, you can, you can see Ed Smith's Breaking that down, he knows. He knows what happens to this this Cardinals team if Jared Goff is on when he gets in their first part of the game. So look for that. Look look for the Rams early in that game to take a lead if they're going to win this game, to hammer this thing home, take control, or will it be one of those problem games? Will the Cardinals get in Goff's head? Well, I said during the during the last interview, Rams win 37-17. I'm going with that. I think the Rams are going to come out there, and they are going to be better this week. I think we will see it improve Jared Goff. Will Jared Goff continue to grow? And we have seen him grow at times this year. Or is he going to have those moments where he, well, for lack of better terms, bless the bell a little bit? What I mean by that is we see it. Panics. Gets in his head. That's not what we want. So, all right, folks, it's time for us to get out of here. You can find other podcasts on Rams, you know, with Rams Talk Radio on Apple Music. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find the Rams Talk Twitter feed at Talk Rams. Don't forget us on Facebook, the Facebook group Rams Talk Room, and the Facebook page Rams Talk. And until then, till next time, we're out of here. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? 
And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.